So if I can put my mind to something and do anything and live with no limits, and think outside this box, then man, the sky's the limit for whatever I put my mind to. And so, uh, and I like to tell people that, man, is that I don't care what you are. I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care how young or how old you are. You put your mind to it. Only person that can stop you is you. Go and get it done, period. That's it. Make it happen. Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Play Podcast. Oof, let me get these AirPods out of my ear. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. You know, it's funny, when I have the AirPods in, it's like I can't really hear myself, you know, because they're not connected to this mic, by, by uh, just so you know. Anyway, they do sort of like muffle it out. Uh, I'll forget I have them on sometimes. You ever do that? I'll be just like watching TV like, God, why is this so low? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm an idiot, guys. Okay, let's just get to this episode. Look, I have Corey Redding today. That's my guest. Football player, Corey Redding. Um, you know, big ass dude, ready to kick some ass. This guy was so much fun to talk to, man. Um, great stories, great attitude, and a Lone Star Plate first. He was in his car driving with like his kids in the back. So, you know, it was obviously a great conversation because, you know, I almost thought about, well, let's reschedule this, that, but really, you know, you have good conversations in cars, you know? I mean, how many road trips? He was on a road trip. He was heading down from, da I think, from Dallas to to Austin or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Um, and, yeah, so I thought, let's just do it. You know, let's do this. And, you know, he was down for it, so whatever. Um, it was good. Great stories. Um, he even got out and pumped gas. Now, that part of the audio might be a little tough to hear. Um, so you'll notice that, you know, there's something going on. That That's what it is. He's getting out to pump gas. Again, another Lone Star Plate first. Um, typically, that's not the type of things we, you know, we normally allow as far as for a recording or we want to do on the podcast, right? Uh, but again, it just seemed in the moment. It just seemed raw. It just seemed real. It seemed, you know, we were just having a real cool conversation. I just didn't want to interrupt it. And Again, why not? Give it a try. So that's what's going on. Uh, Corey's a great guy, man. Really, really cool. Again, just a beast, man. And, um, you know, we just talked about a lot of things. He, he, he's a very giving guy, right? Big heart. That, that's what you find with some of these big-ass football players or, you know, just if you have friends that are just these big-ass dudes or something, you know, a lot of times they're like the biggest teddy bears ever, right? Like, I love that. I think that's so cool. Uh, and he was just fantastic. Again, this is a great episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. And um, yeah, we cover a lot of topics. So um, Corey Reddick, it's going to be a great episode. So before we get to that, we got a couple things, right? I don't know what I slapped, but I, look, I got to take a sip from, look at this, guys, if you can see it. Bam, they're going to be hearing about this. Okay, we got some merch coming out soon. This is a nice, cool um, oh my God, forget what they're called. It, you drink coffee of it, it's hot. What is this thing called? Oh my God, I'm supposed to, we're selling these. I, I already forgot what it's called. Uh, oh dude, that's horrible, right? So the, you know, the thing you put your coffee in when it's hot, 
a mug, a travel mug. It has a name. I forget. A tumbler. Bam. I knew I'd get it. Yes, tumbler. Look at this badass tumbler. It's got the Lone Star plate, Texas real food, pictures of me all over it, because that's what you want. Really, that's why you buy it. Okay. Um, and look at me. I'm looking fine on here, y'all. I mean, are you serious? Uh, look, we're going to do some close-ups and we'll do a video and and whatever. And really, you should just buy it when it comes out so you can uh, look at my beautiful face. Um, you know, it's awesome. I love this thing. It's by RITC and it's made by a company called JS. We're going to start using them. You're going to hear more about them um, and they're a merch for them. So I mean, I didn't really mean to bring that up, but that's that's what's what's happening. So, because I'm about to take a sip of my apple juice. That's right, I have apple juice in here. What am I, five years old? Yeah. Listen, I was talking to my friend the other day, and it's like, look, yeah, like this could be controversial. I get it, but I will eat Chick Fil A sometimes. Okay, I, I get it, but I will. I'm in Texas. I love Chick Fil A since I was a kid. I will go there sometimes, not very often, but really airport. That's why I was telling my friends the other night, like I will at the airport, I will get Chick-fil-A. I will get the nuggets. My friend's like, what are you, five years old? You still eating chicken nuggets? I was like, yeah, dude, I will eat a chicken nugget. I will. I just thought that was hilarious. I never really thought about it, but it's true. Kind of like, damn, what am I still eating chicken nuggets for? But anyway, so look again, details coming about the Tumblr very soon. Uh, the most important thing I want to talk to you about is this free birds. We are giving away some gift cards. So you're going to need to check out our social media, Lone Star Plate TX on Instagram. Okay. Or just search the Lone Star Plate. We'll come up. Um, that's our handle, Lone Star Plate TX. Uh, we're doing some gift card giveaways over $100 with uh, $100, not over $100. I said that wrong. $100 of gift cards on uh, some social media. So please go follow us, find out how to win the gift cards. Okay from free birds so i got a few words from free birds all right uh they gave us these gift cards so we are definitely gonna you know give them a shout out here right free birds is awesome you know so please guys so they just sent me i asked them like please send me some stuff i can tell these people about you guys so they are interested so here we go look at free birds we are texas's number one burrito i agree Okay, we serve up endlessly customizable burrito and bowl options for every taste bud. I agree, dude. Freebirds is the best. F Chipotle. Freebirds didn't tell me to say that. So I hope, forget that, that, that they did not tell me to say that, but that's what I'm saying. You want Freebirds, people. All right. It's a Texas staple with over 50 locations statewide. And they're growing, y'all. Fast service, great food, fresh. It's what you want. Get lost in the sauce at Freebirds with a variety of unique sauces from barbecue and ranch to insanely delicious creamy jalapeno and habanero sauces. Yes, they got all kinds of different sauces. Please put on everything, really. And their legendary queso blanco is a must try. Have it as a side or drizzled on top of any of your entrees. Yes. What's, what's a big thing in Texas? Chips and queso, y'all. Yes. They do a queso blanco just good okay that usually you get like a yellow queso so this is different it's much better this way actually um and they were voted freebirds was voted the most craveable restaurant brand by consumers the last two years in a row by nation's restaurant news okay stay up that's look at that two years in a row y'all so just stay up to date with freebirds follow them on instagram at freeworlds Free Birds World Burrito. Let me say that again. Free Birds World Burrito. And you can download the Free Birds app as well. 
uh, for special offers. So um, yeah, so again, look, for the giveaway, go to our Instagram, Lone Star Play TX, and you're, the, the information about Freebirds will be there as well. And just to stay up to date with Freebirds, you know where to go, Freebirds World Burrito. All right, let's get to this episode. What do y'all think? Yeah? All right, before we get to it, one quick word from our regular sponsor, Texas Real Food, and then uh, I'll be right back, okay? So let's do that. Quick word from Texas Real Food, and we'll be right back. Hi, I wanted to talk to you about what's on the Texas Real Food site that's more than just putting in your zip code and finding, you know, the coolest butcher, farmer's market, restaurant around you. There's also other resources on the site, recipes, articles, and one in particular is called the Texas Mom Blog. It's awesome. Faria Khan is writing these beautiful articles. You can really learn a lot about Texas just giving you a lot of other things to think about food family everything behind that goes into food as well so just different topics and uh conversations definitely something worth checking out as well all right back to the show okay we're back hope you enjoyed that texas real food please check them out texasrealfood.com um i can't stop playing with these gift cards that's what i really just want to throw them like Chinese stars. Are you allowed to say that? I don't know. Is that Chinese stars? Am I allowed to say that? Um, okay. The episode, right? <laughs> I got lost there for a second. Corey Redding. All right. Again, it's an awesome episode. So, and as always, please guys, uh, if you love the podcast, please, uh, tell your friends, tell everyone about it, share it, leave us a review on Apple podcast. That would be awesome. That's my request today. Go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I've been asking and nobody's doing it. So whatever. I'm going to keep asking. Um, look, everything else is growing. So um, please check out social media again, Lone Star Plate TX, our YouTube channel, the Lone Star Plate Podcast, and of course, our website, thelonestarplate.com for everything else, right? All right. So let's get to it, guys. Corey Redding. Enjoy. I said enjoy. Okay, enjoy. Go. Listen, watch it. Leave me alone. Get out of here. I well, anyway, man, thanks so much for for joining. I'm I'm super excited to talk to you um, about your football career, your your foundation that you have, which is absolutely amazing, man. Um, and yeah, any future stuff that you got, uh, you know, coming out here. So honestly, I like to start with Texas. Yeah, really? Uh, you said you're going back to Austin. So you live in Austin right now? Yes. Austin is home. Uh, when I retired in 2016, um, you know, I went back and, uh, you know, rented a home, you know, rented a house for a little while while I was in the process of selling my other home in the BKs area. And at the same time, going back to school. So I was juggling two or three things at the same time. Well, you know, sold my home in BKs and got out of the rental house and bought another home. Uh, out in the Four Points area. So I've been living in Austin for the last, you know, four or five years and it's going to be home. I mean, I love it. I love Austin. Yeah. 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 Austin's great, man. We were, I, I literally just moved from Austin uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I was there almost a decade okay. I'm in Dallas now, but yeah, Austin's beautiful, you know, beautiful, beautiful city. Uh, so happy you're there. And you went to school at UT. Didn't you go to school at UT? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1999 was the first first uh, first time like really stepping on 40 acres as a student 
uh, stepping into a whole new world, man. You know, growing up on the east side of Houston, you know, I've, I've only, you know, come accustomed to, you know, my my environment, you know, and the things that I saw. But just going to Austin and stepping on the 40 acres and experiencing all that was just amazing. So, yeah, from 1999 until now, I've been living in Austin off and on. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. What's the big difference, you think, from uh, Houston and Austin, I guess east side of Houston, um, you know, in Austin. What what do you think are the big differences? Flat and hilly. <laughs> Houston is <laughs> Houston is flat. You know, it's <laughs> you know, you know, Houston is flat. You know, it's just it's just like almost like one plane, right? You have certain elevations, yeah. of course, but it's you know, it's it's a pretty flat city. You know, where Austin, it feels like sometimes you're just riding along and it feels like you could be driving the coast of Malibu in California with all the hills and the trees and, you know, the lake and the hill country. I mean, it's just, it's a really cool city. It gives you so many different elements. Um, and that's what I fell in love with. It was just a different view, just a couple hours up the road. And, uh, you know, I could, you know, go to a top of a mountain and oversee a whole valley. And it's just, it was a really good sight to see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would totally agree with that, man. It's a complete unique um, uh, situation. And you got the river too. There's this whole like lifestyle that's just, di- I don't know. Yeah, it's just this different uh, sort of thing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. What do you think about the food in Houston, man? What What about uh, like the food where you grew up, man? That Because Houston is one of my favorite food cities in America, to be honest yes, with you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, they have it all. I mean, my wife They and have I- it all. My wife and I love all all food, man. I mean, my wife's yeah. Hispanic, so of course, you know, I get all of the. Oh, really? I get all of the authentic, you know, Mexican traditional dishes uh, from you know going to get sushi. I love sushi. You know, I love soul food. You know, you have a ton of soul food places down there. And yeah. The seafood restaurants, you know, you can't go wrong. Even though it's a chain, you can't go wrong with Papa Do's, you know, and things like that. Um, you oh, know, I Papa Do's is legit. Oh man, you know, every time I, every time we were, when I was with the Colts or with any team for that matter, we'd fly into Houston and play the Texans. I definitely yeah. would get a couple of my teammates with me. We'll rent a, a vehicle real quick. As soon as we get off the bus at the hotel, as <laughs> soon as we get off the bus at the hotel, we hop into the car, drive over to the restaurant of Papados, sit there and eat, get nice and full, and then like, get back in the car, go back to the hotel for our meetings at seven o'clock. So it was, it was always a place to be once you hit Houston. You got to go and, and eat. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, yeah, people forget that Houston's on the coast. I think people forget that uh, Houston is is sort of a coastal city, you know, uh, and you're going to get great seafood there. I, yes. I don't think people, you know, realize that. Yeah, enough. Uh, even in Texas, which is fun, you know, which is such a funny thing. Yeah. Uh, what what are what are some of your like? You mentioned this, you know, getting off the bus, going to eat with your teammates. Like, do you have a? Yeah, you know, we had a Sam Ocho on the podcast pretty recently, actually. And I talked to him about his game day meals, you yeah. know, before before a game or whatever. And he had his own particular, you know, way of going about. Do you have a particular way that you like to eat before practice or before games or you just do whatever? You see, Ocho, you know, he you know, he's a smaller guy. You know, he's a linebacker. So he runs a lot. Right. <laughs> So, you know, smaller he, guy, he's yeah. like massive to me, to me, he's massive. 
I love how you like he's a smaller guy. You know, you know, he's a smaller guy. You know, he, you know, he runs on that ninety-three. He runs on that ninety-three octane fuel. You know, so he needs that <laughs> that high protein. You know, calorie meals. You know, very lean. Oh, that's funny. Well, when it comes funny. to me, big guy in the trenches, I'm three hundred and eighteen, three hundred and twenty pounds. You know. And I'm out there fighting big guys. So I need some weight, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so most of my pregame meals will essentially be a lot of hearty meals, like big pancakes, you know, bacon, sausage, eggs, uh, things like that, right? No, or sometimes if it was a night game, then I'll go and just grab me a burger, man, and just smash that burger. <laughs> <the> really? Burger. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't have to run a, a ton, you know? My running <laughs> consists of... My running consists of maybe 10 yards going forward and 15 yeah. yards going the other way. So yeah. <laughs> for me, for me, I'm I'm doing 30 yard bursts. I, I, I can roll with a burger, you know. <laughs> that is that is hilarious. I love that. I I love that, man. That's what what particular burger? Because Texas has is famous for burgers. Well, Texas, anywhere you're playing, I guess you're gonna get a burger. So is there a particular place you like to get a burger, or it don't matter? Well, it don't matter. It don't matter. I mean, it can if. It doesn't matter. It can be the hotel. If it's burger. open. Yeah. If, if, if it's open, you got that meat yeah. and the bun on both sides, I'm tearing it up. But the, yeah. biggest thing, but the biggest thing a lot of folks uh, didn't realize, other than my closest inner circle people and my teammates, uh, is that for halftime, I would make a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich pregame. And I would wrap it in aluminum foil or Ziploc bag, either at my house or at the hotel. And I would eat a PB and J in the locker room at halftime to give me fuel for the second half. It's crazy. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, I started wow. doing that back in 2007, 2008. And they carried me through, man, until I retired. Because sometimes wow. you just burn up all that energy in the first half. And the pregame, sure. you're so hype. And you're just like, rah. And then by the time halftime comes around, you're like tearing down oranges and, and, and Gatorade bars and stuff in the locker room. And I got tired of doing that. So I just yeah. picked it up. and. Um, Switched it up and got the uh, PB and J man, the classic kid sandwich, and it got me through the I rest of the games. Yeah, hell yeah, man. There's nothing wrong with a good PB and J. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> I'll eat that all day long, uh, no problem. Yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh, is you know, I'm curious. Um, I was asking Sam about this too. Like, did the team? Do they have any sort of like influence on what you eat? Are they recommending you do certain things, or they just leave it up to everyone to sort of decide? Different team. I mean, teams are different, right? Uh, okay. Everyone have their own philosophies. Um, for instance, you know, the Ravens, we ate well, whatever we wanted to eat, right? The Lions, yeah. uh, we were able to eat whatever we wanted to eat until about my maybe my fourth or fifth year with that organization. They brought in the nutritionist, and then they start switching up the way we, you know, intake food and things like that uh, throughout the week. Uh, with the Cardinals, um, same thing. They brought in a nutritionist, and all of our meals were gluten-free at the facility. Everything was gluten-free. It was just oh, wow. the best of the best, gluten-free yeah. everything. And, uh, and when we were on the road, uh, they tried to implement that as much as possible. But again, you know, you're still getting hotel food, right? And so, sure. but no, man, I mean, every organization is different. Uh, no way is the right way. It's whatever makes your players go and, Make them feel good yeah. to go out there and perform at a high level. And I enjoyed yeah, it all. That's true. 
Yeah. Okay. So you don't have a preference. It didn't matter to you if there was no. a nutritionist or not. Okay. Right on. No. I imagine just as a fan, you know, I thought, well, it's football team, you know, there's so much money on the line. There's all these, you know, players playing at the highest level in the world. I figured, well, every team's got a nutritionist and controlling the food of everything, but really not. I mean, a lot of players I talk to, everyone's got their own, like you said, whatever makes you do your best, you know, Whatever and I guess that's different, different best. for everybody. The yeah. biggest thing, the biggest thing is rest, right? Proper yeah. hydration. Yeah. As long as you get yeah. rest and proper hydration, man, you can make it through, especially at the caliber of players you have in the NFL and, and within any sport. I mean, players know their own bodies. Uh, they're yeah. really in tune with what they're doing, right? And their craft. So they do the necessary treatments to get their bodies through the regimen of a game, right? I mean, come on, Marshawn Lynch, really? This dude on the sideline <laughs> eating Skittles, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> he's out there just throwing guys, you know, 50 yards down the field, you know, running people yeah. over. I mean, he just did what he, you know, was born to do. And sure. he enjoyed doing it. And he went on the sideline, you know, eating gluten-free stuff. You know, he's out there eating <laughs> Skittles and beating boys up. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it's sort of a little off, but it's sort of similar to this. I remember watching the last dance that came on uh, ESPN. I don't know if you saw that about Michael Jordan and the, right, the, the Bulls playing yes, uh, back in the eight or in the 90s or whatever. And there's this great story about um, during one of the championship uh, series that uh, Phil Jackson let Dennis Rodman leave um, to go to Vegas yeah. and come back with like no sleep, no nothing, you know, come and, and do his thing and come back and play the game. And he still had 20 something rebounds and whatever, you know, yeah. and, and it's sort of this, I guess, this sort of idea of, yeah, whatever's going to make this player do the best he's going to do on the field, wh whatever that is. Do, do you think that all coaches realize that? And probably not. Right. I mean, no, maybe that's no. what separates a good coach from a not so yeah. good coach. Yeah, I, I truly believe, um, you know, a lot, a lot of a lot of coaches, for one reason or another, try to fit players that are circles into the coaches' squares philosophy. You know what I mean? Got you. Like you yeah, can't totally. fit the circle into a square. You know what I mean? And yeah. and, and yeah. each player is different. I have three kids, yeah. right? I love all my kids, right? But I can't treat one son like I treat my daughter. Well, I can't treat my daughter like my other son. I mean, I, I have to treat them individually different because they respond differently, right, to conversation yeah. and this, that, and the other. So <sighs> Dennis Rodman is a freak of nature, first off, right? Yeah. And there's not many, <laughs> and there's not many players out there that's totally. like him, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but, but he was able to do what he was blessed to do in the way he did it. And, and it yeah. didn't slow him down. Now, if he, yep. you know, went to Vegas and he went out there in the game and probably got two points and no rebounds and he just slapped it up, I'm pretty sure Phil would never allow that to happen. And the players will probably strap him down and say, hey, you can't leave, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. But, I mean, just different guys operate differently, man. And, uh, and players, I mean, coaches need to understand their players and groom their philosophies and their skills and their playbook towards those players' abilities. And I think that's what separates, you know, the Bills from the yeah. Warriors. 
Absolutely. I mean, you look at these like championship teams, right? That the and you just sort of see some sort of philosophy like that behind that. You know, I think it's more laziness, right? Maybe from a coach. I don't mean to sound so crass, but it almost seems like it takes more work to do that, to treat each player individually and to do that. And that takes more work, but it's also more beneficial. And it's sort of, the you know, the right way to go and more of a lazy approach would be, well, I'm just going to have everyone go by the same approach, right? And bring it, like you said, fit all these different shapes into my square hole, no matter what shape they are. And yeah. they're going to come out this way. And um, yeah, you're, you're right. You're not going to get the best out of uh, each player, you know? Oh, that's interesting. And that must be difficult. Uh, you know, you've been playing sports your whole life. So you've been coached by so many, you know, different coaches. Do you have any favorite, like, I don't know, moments, coaching moments or, or something, uh, philosophy or something that stuck with you that you've learned throughout the years? Um, you know, I've, I've, I've played for five different organizations. Um, played for a tremendous amount of defensive coordinators and position coaches. So there's a ton of yeah. philosophies and, and, um, you know, and, and for me is, you know, I had to adjust to them all. I had to adjust sure. to them all, you know. And, That's got to be hard too. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and continue to prove myself year in and year yeah. out to say that I'm the best guy for your scheme in this position, even though I may not be the best technical at it, you know, uh, but I will try to make it work, right, as best I can. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I, I really enjoyed, you know, being around Coach Pagano of, well, first off, for Baltimore Ravens, uh, as as a as a DB position coach and then a defensive coordinator, uh, that's when I really met him. And then uh, you know, to have him as my coach in three years with the Colts was was phenomenal. With BA sprinkled in there as well, uh, both of those guys brought a tremendous amount of information and knowledge to the game. Um, that their style and approach to the players were, were different than truly player coaches, and the, the players rallied around those kind of guys because they yeah. treated them like men, you know? Um, yep. Yep. You know, I, I really don't believe college coaches can can thrive in the NFL for long, sustainable point because, you know, they, they try to treat these grown men like college kids, and you can't do that. Yeah. You know, these, these grown sure. men with children. And so when the coaches on the pro level treat the guys like they want to be treated and give them the space to be great, you will be surprised. The players will rise up for those for those coaches, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I, I really enjoyed Pagano. I really enjoyed B.A. Uh, Rod Marinelli taught me so much about D-line play and and, and, and defensive schemes. Um, he was, when he was my coach with the Lions, I, I truly credit a lot of my career um, accomplishments, um, you know, the plays I've made and things like that from Rob Marinelli. He taught me so much, opened my eyes to the game. Whereas when I was in my younger days, I was only taught scheme and this is what yeah. you do, but I was never really taught why. I was never really taught why to do that. Uh, and and Rod, Rod brought the why to the scheme and it showed yeah. me how I can, how I can pivot off of the why if this change or this personnel change or this player motions, then he just opened my mind to the game in a whole different light. So those coaches really impacted my career and my life. Rob Marinelli, B.A., uh, Bruce Arians, and uh, Chuck Pagano. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, you know, it sounds like 
Uh, do you have any desire to do any coaching? Yourself? Man, you sound you know, like you'd be a great coach, man, said, to be frank with you. I said, you know, I would never do that. But, you know, you know, uh, when you tell God something, your plans, he just laughs at you, right? <laughs> uh, I, I truly do <laughs> Here we go. Never say never, right? I don't have yeah, never. to coach on a collegiate level or pros or anything like that. But I love coaching my kids' little league games. Um, I, I've been working with my two both my sons, uh, Corey, Jim, and CJ, and Christian, uh, since they were in kindergarten and second grade with their, uh, you know, their sporting events. So I've coached now for the last seven seasons, uh, eight seasons, which is really two, uh, two times a year. So for flag football, we won a championship for one of those years, and and uh, I've, oh, I've nice. had these kids. I've had these kids from the first grade, man, and now they're in sixth grade, right? And so wow. Uh, um, seeing them develop has just been amazing. And now I'm working with my sure. son, CJ, who's a sixth grader. Uh, I'm working with him in discus because I was a two-time state champion in discus. And so I'm trying to get him prepared with his technique Oh wow! for, for his seventh grade uh, track season for next year. So I love the coach. I love to just pour my knowledge into the youth sure. because I have it here. I would be doing him a disservice if I didn't give back to them. You know what I know, what I've yeah. learned to make them better sure. players. Sure. No, absolutely. Of course. No, man, you sound like you'd be great. You have all this knowledge. You know what it takes. That's what, you know, you seem like, you know, the type of person that people would rally behind. And that's a good coach. I mean, I, I played sports growing up and the best coaches I had were people I wanted to do, you know, make proud and do well. You know what I mean? And you, like you said, you almost you're going to. If you give them the space and you give them, they, they will surprise you, man. People yeah. will come out because they're yeah. they're there for a reason, right? Like you're there to play for a reason. I mean, you love it. You you like playing. You you want to be there. You want to do your best. There's no doubt about that. Exactly. Uh, so, exactly. yeah, exactly. No, I man, that's myself, awesome. I saw myself as a coach on the field. You know, I, was, I see. Uh, yeah. You know, I, you know, I was a captain the majority of my 13 years in the, in the NFL. And, and, you know, I, I saw myself as a leader of men. And I was basically the coach on the field. I remember all yeah. the checks and balances and, and the different calls and, and alerted all my guys to, you know, look out for this and look out for that while we were on the field and, and holding guys accountable, you know, and even myself. If, if we were in training camp or in practice and one of my DBs dropped an interception, that could have been taken back for a touchdown or to get our defense off the field to rest, put the ball back in the hands of my quarterback to score, if he dropped that pass, that was an amazing opportunity. I would run down the field, no matter how far it was, and make him do 10 push-ups because we are counting on him to make that play. You know, if I missed yeah. a sack, I'm doing 10 push-ups, you know, and if a linebacker missed a tackle, I'm making them do 10 push-ups. you got to wow. hold each other accountable, man, and when you do that, you make it more about team and us instead of me and I. Sure. You know what I mean? You, you remove me and I from the middle, and you put team in the middle, and guys thrive. You will be yeah. amazed at how much they will go for the man to the left and the right of you. you know? Sure, absolutely. And I, I'm assuming that's a big struggle. Uh, you know, on the field is is getting everyone to come together to play as one unit. Uh, sometimes, right? I, I would assume that that's it is difficult. when it is when you have a bunch of individuals who are hard nosed and, and don't really want to uh, adapt to team. Uh, sure. Because if, if, if you really understand, you don't have to be an individual to, to meet all the glory that, you know, you want to achieve in life. 
you can still be a part of a team and still execute on your individual play to be a great player. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I believe yeah. that when we win, we all win, there's enough on the table for everyone to eat. If you look at it, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whoever was free agents, I promise you they stock went up when they won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. And, and the players who were there who were probably, uh, you know, coming up on contracts that, that was needed to be extended, the organization saw how valuable they are now and extended them. Sure. And I bet you they they rallied together as a team, but it was enough individual players out there that did their job when they were supposed to do it and uh, got the accolades and made Pro Bowls and things like that and, and was still part of a team. You know, you don't have to go vigilante and just off, off your own and say, hey, I'm going to get mine and forget everybody else. That that will have a team six, um, what is it? Uh, eight, maybe, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Or, yeah. Or three and 13, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. you got this guy with all these plays, but yet the team is struggling and they're not in the playoffs, you know? So yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. Um, speaking of Tampa Bay, what, what did you think about the Super Bowl uh, this year? Brady winning another one. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, go Brady, go get go get seven more, man. Shoot, I mean, this yeah. guy's like a <laughs> this guy's like a vampire, man. He never ages, man. I, I thought he was part of the Twilight cast. I mean, yeah. Brady. I mean, Brady is just amazing, That's man. Funny. I, I I respect the heck out of him. I hated playing against him because I knew what I was going to get into. <laughs> uh, you know, we've had our run-ins a few times. You know, I took him to the turf a few times. But I just respect the man and his craft and his ability to just win championships and just go out there and mentally and physically beat you, man, and and consistently doing it over and over and over again. He's one of the greatest. And uh, you cannot knock that. So, uh, yeah, Absolutely. I, I thought it was an amazing game. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud for B.A. and and uh, and all the guys that you know that was on the staff, you know, because I was with some of the the guys on on the staff, and I was in Arizona with him. So yeah, most of his coaching staff I knew, and I was like, man, I, that's I awesome. felt so I felt so proud for him. Though. It was good. Oh, uh, that's great, man. That's yeah, that's fantastic. No, that's um, yeah, it must be you know interesting uh, as far as like you know, before you're going to play a game, do you think about like, okay, the quarterback and, you know, here, here's a better question. Who, who are some of the tougher quarterbacks to sack in the league that you, you've experienced? <laughs> That's a tough Man. question, right? You're like, <laughs> uh, Big Ben was one of the, one of the toughest ones to talk about because he was just so tall, right? Just, just a big Roethlisberger. Yes. Big Ben Roethlisberger, right? Uh, Michael Pick. I mean, that joker was so fast. Quick. Oh, I bet. You know, by the time you, you got your arms wide and you're about to close in and wrap up, he's already five steps down the road and, you, and, you're, <laughs> and you're tackling air, you know. Uh, you know, Dante Culpepper, man, he was another big frame quarterback that was hard oh, to take Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Vikings, right? Yeah, uh, Vikings. Right? Yeah. Minnesota Vikings. He came yeah. up with the Lions a few times. So, uh, I mean... You know, it was a lot of great quarterbacks that I played against. Um, some big guys, man. It was hard to take down, but yeah, I mean, he was he was one of them. Yeah, for sure. Any any like memorable plays that that stick out, or any sort of like uh, special sack or something you made, or I don't know anything that uh, that, that sticks out for you. Nah, not in the NFL. I mean, you know, it was. 
It was fun. They all were special, man. Heck, it's hard to sure. get a psych in the NFL. <laughs> oh, I bet. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Of course. It's yeah, like no. the best of the best of the best. I mean, of course, man. So, Absolutely. So I tell this joke. Uh, I tell this joke. And I say it one time to my wife, and she almost slapped me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we definitely got to hear it. So we Terrell <laughs> Suggs, Terrell Suggs, right? He's one of the pro- prolific sock, you know, artists in the game, right? And, you know, came out and uh, played for the Ravens for a long time. Have a lot of records with the Ravens, right? And I was sitting in the, we were sitting in the meeting room and, and you know, he, he had missed the sack on a plate. And uh, Clarence Brooks, our D-line coach, bless his soul, he was like, sis, you know, his nickname Sizzle, right? So he was like, sis, you got to get that sack, sis. You got to keep the numbers up. And, and, and Terrell was like, coach, man, I'm, I'm upset, man. I'm upset. And uh, Clarence Brooks was like, you better be upset. He was like, no, nah, coach, you don't understand, man. See, see, sacks are like women. You know what I mean? He was like, I appreciate the ones I get, you know, but I never forget the ones that got away. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so he was like, I'll never forget that one, man. I've always remembered that. <laughs> but, but that's the oh, kind of that's, that's the kind of guys, that's the kind of guys that I, you know, I played with, man. They were just such fierce competitors that they didn't want to sack or tackle to get away from them. It was like, sure. man, I mean, every time I'm on the field, they believe every play is their play. And uh and it's just an honor to 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 call those guys my teammates, my brothers, man, and just to be out there on the field with these fierce competitors, um, balling their hearts out, man, and doing what they love to do. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine the intensity that happens. I mean, I played football in high school in Texas, okay, but look, I mean, I'm mean, I'm tiny little thing. Uh you know, uh, I, I didn't last very long, to be honest with you. It was in middle school. Everyone, we were all kind of the same size. And mm-hmm. then when we got to freshman, all of a sudden there was like, got, you know, it just like completely changed. Yeah. Um, but I, re- I just remember, um, you know, just how intense it was, you know, yeah. how important, especially in Texas. Right. I mean, you know that it's a different, different animal, but just how intense it is and how the level, even in high school, the level that people take it to, uh, you know, Jack Brewer actually graduated from my high school. Um, and yeah, he graduated from grapevine where, where I went to. Um, and I just remember that. I just remember the level of intensity that these people played at, you know, that's just, and I can't even imagine in the NFL, the level of intensity that it is and everything that's on the line, right? The pressure. And how, how do you even balance that of the pressure and the fans and you got, you know, uh, millions of people watching on TV as well. And then you're just trying to focus on this play, this moment, this guy, this pattern, right? This play I'm going to run. I mean, how do you even balance all that? You, uh, you, you become masters of blocking things out. And that's part of the reasons why I get, I get, uh, <laughs> my wife frustrated at me at times. Cause I just, <laughs> I could be sitting <laughs> on the couch or I could be sitting at the computer or whatever. And I just block things out, man. I'm like, laser focused in on what I'm doing that nothing yeah. else around me matters. You know what I'm saying? It has wow. to be, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, it's just, it's just a skill and the art that was taught man through us. And when you're on the field for that four to six seconds, nothing matters, but just getting the ball yeah. carry on the ground or running the best route or throwing the best ball and catching the ball and making sure you're there for your teammates to make the play to win. And then when that play is over, then you hear everything again and you kind of, Okay, man, that play is over. You kind of assess real quick and you put it behind you because that play is over. Now you move on to the next play. And guess what? You lock back in for four to six seconds, seven seconds, <laughs> and you don't hear nothing and think about nothing but your job. 
And you wow. know, that's just that's just what we were trained to do, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Um, yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Let, let's talk a little bit about your uh, foundation, man, because I think this is just such a, you know, it's, a, it's just such a powerful thing that you're doing. And I'm curious what made you want to do this? You know, what made you want to get out and start giving back? Now, I know people talk about it, right? People, a lot, everyone talks about doing things, but you mm -hmm. actually did it, you know, which is a big yeah. difference. Yeah. Why not? Like I said, I would be doing a lot of people, a lot of disservice if, if, if I didn't give back um, because someone did it for me. Um, yeah. You know, someone did it for me. And, you know, I've had guardian angels in my life <clears throat> where uh, if these men weren't in my life. I don't know where I would be today. To tell you the truth, I would probably be in jail for life or uh, or in the grave. And I'm just going to be honest wow. with you. Um, wow. Simply because just like I was a leader amongst men on the football field. Yeah. yeah. I was, a, I was a leader amongst men in the streets. Yeah. And, and I was, you know, going back to possibly could have put me in the wrong situation where I probably wouldn't have walked away from. So with that being said, uh, you know, I was able and blessed to get out of, you know, my environment and attend to YouTube and then go to the pros. And I realized, I said, I'm making it by myself. A lot of people have paved the way to sacrifice for me to make a world today. And, and I need to be back to someone else as well and to possibly help them in their situations. So um, when I was able to, you know, create a foundation and wanted to, you know, help at risk you, you know, because I was one of the kids that was potentially at risk. If I was to fall into the beliefs of my advice, you know, um, and you know, so that's the reason why I started the foundation, and and um, and that's that. And you guys do um, like scholarships too, right? For for college, am I right? For so we start out with you know providing uh, football camps. Um, you know, life lessons and skills like that for, for kids uh, throughout the years. And we've done many of them, you know, many of them to turn to the meeting, like Christmas events, you know, things like that for foster kids. And then we've transitioned to providing scholarships for young men and women who want to attend college education to yeah. social workers and teachers and things like that. The last Five years, six years, we've given out now 16, 17 is going to extend beyond our years. You know, my wife and I are no longer on this goal. We've set the endowment up in such a way that it will continue to provide resources to students to earn a scholarship um, to go out and better children as teachers and social workers and, and things like that in the community. So uh, coaches, yeah. you know, trainers, you know. And that's what we and that's what we've done. So uh, my wife and I are tremendously proud of it. No, that's awesome. That's awesome that your wife's helping with it as well and, and is a part of it. You guys can do something together like that. That's amazing. Oh, 
Yeah, we're both educators. We both uh, attended UT College of Education. And uh, we just wanted to make a difference. We wanted to make a difference in the lives of you uh, for generations to come. So who better to do that with uh, than teachers who, who serve 20 to 25, possibly 30 kids every day, you know, for however many years that we teach. So if you think about one teacher, um, you got to tell you to college education, pull our scholarship program, learn the things that we just put in there, and then go off and teach for 30 years. How many kids has she blessed and pulled seeds into? Yeah, absolutely. That's the lasting legacy that we want to create. Sure. I mean, you know, this is sort of a tired saying, but like teachers just don't get enough credit, right? I mean, that's for real. We People say it all the time, but nobody actually does anything to do anything about it, right? Like we don't do anything about it. It's frustrating because uh, you're right. Teachers are so important. They're uh, underappreciated, um, underpaid. Um, yeah. And they deserve more. <laughs> I mean, it's true, right? We, we were laughing, but it's true. 2020 is not a great example of that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. 100%. Yeah. Virtual school? Really? Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. I have a newfound respect for teachers. I'm sitting at the dinner table at 1130 at night doing homework because, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, I appreciate it, right? They need more. They deserve more. Um, I'm telling you, I have so much more respect for teachers than teachers possibly do. That's true, man. That's a that's a great you make a great point about the pandemic and everything that happened and them having to do virtual school. And, you know, I, I think what you know, I guess most people understand this about teachers. Maybe they don't. But teachers always have to, like, work outside of normal. Right. They're always grading papers. They always do it. They just work these crazy hours. They they really care about what they do. And then at the same time, we just totally underpay them and like underappreciate. I mean, I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I truly believe service is our way of being. While you're here on earth, I read that in the book. And and again, these teachers are serving. They love to serve and educate and mold and shape and teach. And it takes a special person to do it year in and year out. You know, so many different kids, and possibly. And things like that, and they have to go in there and wrap it into these eight, nine, ten, twelve hours, sixteen hour days, and then do it year in year out. They love it, they love it. That's just that's, you know, it's awesome, you know. So, it's all doing a serve, you know. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's awesome, man. That's that's amazing. I'm I'm so glad you have this uh, attitude. Were there any teachers growing up for you that uh, you know really helped shape you, or you know that sort of oh, thing yeah. that you remember? Oh yeah, the, the Corey Reddy you're speaking to now is Corey Reddy 8.0. You know? <laughs> 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 I went through different upgrades and uh, <laughs> modifications through my years. Man, but 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 Corey 1.0, back when I was young and dumb and getting in trouble, you know, I've had one teacher that uh that literally whipped me in the shape. Yeah. Uh, I was in elementary school in Florida, 
this is the time where I'm very careful trying to put the sales and the teachers for the battle and things like yeah. that in school. Um, so <laughs> we walked into the school, my mom was like, uh, you know, they're trying to fix me in the, in the teacher's classroom and things like that. So, okay, well, you put my son in a classroom where the teacher's going to discipline. <laughs> 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 and man, I looked at my mama like, mama, for real? Like, <laughs> really? No, 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 but it, but it, my mom, my mom, my mom knew her child, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, each yeah. child is different. Well, I was one of the ones that was a consistent bowling ball rolling into the gutter. I wasn't playing <laughs> oh. every time. I needed to have bumpers up at all times to keep me straight and my mother realized that right and so she was like look my son needs correction and he needs correction often so <laughs> so miss <laughs> smith was was that woman that uh really kept me in line man and, and, and she made me he recite poems you know she made her she made her students recite poems uh, writing, speaking in front of the classroom. I mean, just, just so many things that she, but she loved on us as well. So even yeah. though she, she corrected us with love, she also taught us and instructed us and, and loved on us as, as, as a teacher, man. And, and I really remember that out of all the teachers I've, I've had in my years, Miss Smith left a lasting impression on me, literally on my butt, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just the values and the things that she was teaching me at that age that, um, that, that really stuck with me, you know? No, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, look at that. And if she ever, does she know that? Have you ever had a chance to Never. speak to her? Never. Never. Wow. Never. Miss wow. um, Smith was a, you know, an older lady. You know, she was a, sure. probably when I was in her classroom, she was maybe in her, you know, her early 60s, probably. So Miss Smith passed away a long time ago. But I, I never was able to tell her how much of an impact she's made on my life. But I believe one day I'll meet her again, you know, and sure. uh, and, I, and I'll be able to sit around the table and, and uh, go down memory lane. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's yeah. great. And, you know, teachers know that they I think they know that they make that sort of influence on even if they don't hear it back. Right. They they sort of know that, you know, and think about how many lives she touched. Right. To, yeah. You're one person. Right. It's like just like yeah. you said, I mean, and, and it can be the opposite. You know, that's the thing with a teacher. It can be the opposite. Right. If you have a bad teacher, it can completely um, oh, yeah. you know, sort of take you down the wrong path. Oh, yeah. Or a bad you coach, know, so. you know, bad yeah, teacher or a bad, or bad coach. Because a coach is just yeah. a form of a teacher in, in, in a sure. sport, right? Yeah, and, good and, point. And I've, and I've had some bad coaches, man. But luckily enough, I was mentally strong enough to overcome uh, the things that they were trying, you know, to do. But, but some kids, not so much. I mean, some guys yeah. didn't have the mental toughness I had. And I saw their careers kind of just diminish a little bit because, you know, the, these guys were just beating them down you know just sure. doing it just doing it the wrong way you know yeah well that's tough too right to like you know find that balance of okay i got this coach that's not really helping me but i still have to be, show up and be here right like that's that really that's has hard. to be tough just yeah that's, that's hard that's, that's the game the game is no longer fun it has become yeah. work at that point sure um, yeah. And, yeah. And, at, and at that point you know, it's, it's tough. That's when guys disconnect. 
that's when guys don't yeah. show up. They don't play because, you know, they don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. It makes sense. It, would, it wouldn't motivate me either, right? It wouldn't make me uh, want to show up either and, and do what I, you know, was there to do. So, no, I get it. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's tough. That's tough for sure. Well, again, man, I, I definitely think you should go into coaching uh, at some point. I don't know. You just sound like you'd be an amazing coach. Uh, it's always the coach. It's always the people that don't think they should be coaches that should be coaches. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I, right. I'm that's just, usually I, what it is. <laughs> I'm gonna just stay at the foundation level. I'm, I'm gonna work on these little babies, right, and hopefully mold them into good kids. And well, work, that's work, coaching work. too. Yeah, you know, stay there and uh, work on the foundation. Make sure that's solid, so they can get to middle school, and high school, and college, and hopefully to the pros or whatever level and, and thrive. No, that's awesome. I, I love that. Um, I think that's amazing. What, uh, Corey, is there anything um, that you have coming up? Any projects or anything you wanted to talk about? Anything? Um... Yeah, man. I mean, um, you know, life after the NFL was you know, a little bit tough for me. I was trying to, I always knew that um, football is not who I am. It's what I did, right? Uh, it was never my identity, although people wanted it to be. Um, sure. I knew I was much more than just a football player. Um, sure. And God has placed in me many talents that you know, I haven't been even explored or even tapped into yet. And so uh, going back to UT back in 2016, finishing my undergrad uh, and, and, and getting into, um, you know, getting into the mix of the real world now, trying to figure out what I want to do, what I'm interested in. Uh, I, I, I fell in love with energy. Uh, it's crazy. Um, I have a childlike mind in, in a lot of things that I do. And, and I don't take life too seriously, but I always often ask the question, why? Why this happened? Why that happened? And I think the moment you stop asking why, you start to really age, you know? And life, <laughs> life begins to come short because you don't want to learn anymore, right? And so in asking the reason why life exists, when I flip the switch, and turn it off, instead of the other, I went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and now I've gone down the rabbit hole so far that I am a co-founder and the CEO of Reading Technologies, where we are looking to build a 140 megawatt power facility out of the West Texas area to supply wow. power on an ancillary service basis for the state of Texas, uh, which in light of the cold snap that we've had here in the last yeah. uh, few weeks ago uh, has yep. become abundantly clear that we need more stations like this. Uh, I know that, sure. you know, solar and wind and renewables are a hot thing right now, but you can only have so much. Uh, intermittency will become a problem. You will need to have, you know, peak demand, fast response, um, really quick, and that's what my facility will provide. And so uh, these are the things that I'm super interested in, very um, entrenched in every single day is everything energy. And uh, that's what I'm, that's what wow. I'm into. Yeah. Wow. That is, I, I was not expecting that. <laughs> that is so, that's so interesting. I love it. That's like. Yeah. This is correct. This is correct. So what kind of energy is it? I mean, I don't know anything. These are stupid questions. I'm totally ignorant. I don't know anything about energy. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if that's the word to use. So like, what kind of energy does is this come from? 
or does that make sense? I don't know. Yes, <laughs> Am I asking yes. the right question? Yes, yes, yes. You're asking the right question. So, <laughs> yes. So, so, so we're using engines. Uh, we're using turbine engines uh, through natural gas to create the electrons and you know move our energy through the electrical grid into throughout the state. Okay. Okay. Right on. Yeah. I mean, definitely after the the week that we had of uh, you know. I don't even know what to call it. Um, you know, winter blizzard, Texas, you know, yeah, I know right? just, uh, just, just horrible. Yeah. The snowpocalypse. Um, yeah. I mean, that definitely, um, I think what scared me most about that whole week was hearing in the news that at one point we were like literally seconds away minutes from away. Yeah, minutes, minutes away, away from a blackout for months. Yeah, that is yeah. nuts. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah. I mean, that definitely, if that doesn't, you know, get people going about, we need to change something. What yeah. does, I mean, yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah, this, yeah. This is so, so there, there's definitely uh needs for upgrade within, you know, the infrastructure it needs to be more infrastructure. Um, sure. You know, there needs to be, you know, more wind, more solar, more gas fire facilities, right. That can handle, all the energy needs at any time of the day when called upon and uh, we need more of it. And so uh, as long as this earth is spinning, energy is going to be needed, right? And so we need to think smart, um, winterize, you know, you know, we need to look down the road and forecast and, and plan ahead, you know, and, and always uh, be ready. You know, people say luck is, is you know, opportunity well, uh, preparation meets opportunity, right? And so you have to yeah. be prepared all the time. So when your number is sure. called, you don't have to get ready. You already already, you know. So that's, yeah. that's kind of the mindset and how we approach things. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't even know you could start an energy business. I, I didn't know that that was something you could do. So this is like, how did you even think of that? Like, how did you think? Oh, yeah, I'm going to start a. What do you call it? An energy plant? A plant? A plant? I mean, yeah, I don't even know the yeah. name of this. Yeah, it's a power facility. Um, a power facility. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Power plant, power facility, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, both of those terms are correct. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I just. Who sits I just, around going, I'm going to start a power plant, honey? You know, you know like, I don't. Yeah, I mean, this is this. When I saw the need, um, I just, I, I, I sprang into action. And yeah. Quickly went into school, wow. you know, and, and started learning everything that I needed to know. Uh, <laughs> wow. Taking courses, wow. Uh, meeting the right people, opening the right doors, uh, you know, making the right connections in the financial world, you know, because this is not a cheap, you know, investment. So it's a lot. I, of, yeah, I can't it's imagine. A, it's a lot of uh, levers that need to be pulled, doors needed to be open, conversations that need to be had. Um, to, to express the need of, of, you know, what we need here in Texas and, and, and why us, you know, and at this particular time. So I believe, again, uh, it was unfortunate. God works mysterious ways, but it's unfortunate. But, you know, last couple of weeks really proved as to why this needs to happen, sure. you know, right now. Sure. Right? Oh, yeah. I, wanna, I think you're going to get everyone I, behind you on this. I want to leave a better. I want to leave my little portion of the world where I live in better when I leave. This earth, and and I want to leave it better for my kids and, and, and their children, right? Uh, in the way that we, yeah. well, in the way we eat our food, the way we produce electricity, the way we drive our cars, the way we, you know, move around our homes and things like that. 
involved in our communities. Anything that I can do to improve the quality of life for my kids that I would never see is kind of my motivator, man, in everything that I do. And I, and I believe energy is a big component of that. Wow, man. If more people thought like you, we would have such a better world, man. There is no doubt about it. Wow. That's amazing. No, I love that. I'm inspired, man. I'm inspired by you starting a power plan. I'm like looking around my, I'm looking around myself going, what have you done, Patrick? Like, nah, I, I, you know, damn. <clears throat> I mean, no, it's uh, that's inspiring, man. And that's a good thing. Uh, it, it just makes, it doesn't make me like think bad about myself. It makes me think, what can I do? Again. to start, you know, to give back, right? Because gotcha. I think that's the best attitude to have, right? Not, oh my God, I'm a horrible person. I'm not doing anything. No, no, no. no. Take that into, well, well, what can I add to the, you know, what can I do now to, exactly. to help? So the biggest thing is yeah. that uh, I don't see any chains. I'm looking at you. I don't see any chains on your hands or your feet. I don't, you may be in a room, you know, with four walls, but you're not in a box, right? Yeah. And so, you know, the way I see it, the God I serve that designed me and made me is a God with no limits. And if I have him through Christ in my heart, a people with no limits, why should I limit myself? You know what I'm saying? And that, you know, it didn't say, if, you know, you ask anything in my name, I'll think about giving it to you. <laughs> you know, you asking my name, you asking my name and it shall be given to you, right? It yeah. didn't even hesitate. There wasn't a pause. It was a shall be, right? all of this time. So I act in faith and I move forward and I go with no limits. I tell people, do not limit me because I don't limit myself. I can do anything I put my mind to. And whenever you tell people that, you tell kids that, like, I don't think kids really believe that. Because when somebody told that to me as a little kid, I actually believe it. Because I know yeah. the God I serve can do anything. So if I can put my mind to something and do anything and live with no limits, and think outside this box, and man, the sky's the limit for whatever I put my mind to. And so, uh, and I like to tell people that, man, is that I don't care what you are. I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care how young or how old you are. You put your mind to it. Only person that can stop you is you. Go and get it done, period. That's it. Make it happen. Bam. Wow. That's, I, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. That's amazing. Yeah, this is. Wow. That's inspiring, man. I mean, I gotta, you know, I gotta be real. This is going to be such a great episode for people. Um, this is why we do this, man. This is why we do this podcast. This is why we oh, put yeah. this out for people, right. For people to hear these sort of things. Um, I love it. No, that's awesome. That's cool. Well, Corey, if there's, a, if there's anything that I'm else that I missed, uh, I don't want us to leave without anything not getting mentioned. Um, definitely before we go here, definitely just tell people how they can connect with you you know, online and, and stay, you know, your foundation, that sort of stuff. I'll mention in the beginning, you know, websites and we'll, and we'll put it uh, in the description as well, but feel free to mention any sort of thing like that as well too, please. I'm on IG, you know, CRED90, C-R-E-D-D-90. -D uh, I'm no longer on Facebook. I got off of that. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Smart same, man. Smart same, man. Same, uh, same, same name, CRED90. Um, and that's it. I mean, those are the only two social media platforms that I'm on, although I'm probably on IG more. Um, again, I'm, I'm so entrenched into my work, uh, my yeah. kids, my wife is now going on 18 years of marriage. And I really focus my everything around God first, my family second, and then everything else below work and everything else. So, uh, but yeah. You can you can talk to me on those platforms and I love to interact with you guys and 
keep it clean because uh, the ones who try to get uh, the ones who try to get all bold and uh, talk mess, they get, <laughs> they get blocked. <laughs> so, uh, Absolutely. You know, I had I to block that. a few people back in the day, man. And it's just I don't I don't understand it. I mean, but no, nah, man, I'm 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 down to earth. Uh, sports is what I did. It's not who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a brother, and uh, I'm a really great friend. If you get you know, give me the chance. And so, yeah, man, I just love life and I love to motivate, love to inspire, and just keep doing, just putting good stuff into the world. You know, that's sure. what it's all about. Sure. Absolutely, man. No, for sure. No, man, this has been an amazing conversation. I really do appreciate you uh, taking the time, especially on your road trip here. I hope it's made the trip a little bit better. I know when I'm driving, something like this would have been great just to like help pass the time. So hopefully yeah. that's uh, hopefully that's what it's done. Yeah, as, as you can see, I'm driving on the road, and I had to get out and get gas, and I was still talking That's, to you getting gas. It was awesome, uh, man. Are you kidding me? That was a first. That was a first on the yeah, podcast. I love it. Yeah, I love man. It. So it's, it's it's all good, man. It's all good. No. I, I really enjoyed the time. Thank you for inviting me. You know, being out of the league almost five years, you feel like a has been at some time, at some points, and you're like, man, I don't nobody care about what's going on in my world anymore. But nice, it's, it's it's good to get on here and go down memory lane and just talk a little bit. And yeah, I enjoyed it, Patrick. Appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. No, uh, this was wonderful. Again, this could be a great episode, man. This is going to help a lot of people. This is going to inspire a lot of people, man. I can already tell uh, for sure. So enjoy the rest of your drive, brother. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. You have a good one. God bless. All right. You too. Bye-bye. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time. Mm-hmm.